0: Welcome ba- welcome back as we head into hour three six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. I knew something like this would happen problematic for me and Bill, but you know, life will go on. I knew the moment I said we have about a thousand songs in our bumper that there was going to be audience special pleading. Going to, How can you have a thousand songs and not anything by fill in the blank? Jerry Jeff Walker. I don't know. Pick something. Um, so I have a new category a friend, listener, associate, partner, student. And that category is bumper-worthy. Bumper-worthy. They are bumper-worthy if on occasion – Two most important words in the sentence I'm about to utter. On occasion, they suggest something that should be in the bumper rotation. We will accept it. What were you going to say, Bill? You can read my mind pretty well. What did you think I was going to say? No, no, no. That's not bumper worthy. Bumper worthy means they get it in the bumper. It's a very high level of student listenership. A very high level. My friend Steve my, my friend Steve is bumper worthy, and he's the first one who broke the glass and pulled the lever and said, How can you have a thousand songs and not – we're not, we're not outing people like that. I'm just going to say it was my listener Steve and friend who says, How can you have a thousand so – how can you put a man on the moon – But you can't have elections without irregularities. I don't know. Um, Steve is bumper worthy, and I will grant him one. I will grant him one. And if other listeners are bumper worthy, it's an objective test. We will grant them a song to put in the bumper. Listener participation. Um, Listener Charles asks me what my thoughts are on Carrie Lake's leaving and Billy Goody Kuntz's comments in the Arizona Republic. Uh, I talked a little bit about it in the first hour, and um, I have to tell you what I said, I guess, in reprise form, was all credit to Carrie Lake, who from best I know, I don't know her well, I think we've inter- exchanged a few emails here and there over the years, From best I can tell in the prime of her life, what does that mean? What does it mean when you're in the prime of your life? I don't know what that means. It means you're not in retirement, I think. Does it? Does retirement mean – instead of sitting there like a bobblehead, (laughs) could you – Could you look up prime in your life, what it means to be in the prime of your life? It also depends on what prime. Is it sports prime, thinking prime? In the professional prime of her life, Carrie Lake did a George Washington. She walked away. She simply walked away. And she said, this is a profession up with which I can no longer put. All credit to her. A lot of courage in that. A lot of courage. And if more people of good will and good training and good quality and good character, all of which from everything I can tell is maintained by Carry Lake, if more people like that walk away from professions up with which they cannot put because those professions are not what they signed up for and have no integrity anymore, we will be a better country. Maybe we should establish a Carrie Lake Award on this show. People who in their profession stand up above and beyond by doing something so uniquely courageous and important that the rest of the people in the profession mock them as Billy Goody, as Bill Goody Koontz in the Arizona Republic mocked her. And the same profession, journalism. Goody Koontz mocks her for doing something courageous and character filled. We will have a Carrie Lake Award for that, and we will take nominations from the audience. People who, in their profession, stand up for something higher than their paycheck and the defense of the indefensible. Okay, good. What do we have? What's the research reveal? Well, uh, life begins at 40, and 60 is the new 50, so surely there's an equation in there to be had. Do that again? Life begins at 40, and 60 is the new 50. Okay. Jonathan Roush says life begins at 50, though, so what do you do with that? Hmm. Yeah. 70 is the new 60 as well. And Thursday is the new Friday. Sure is. Jeff is in Phoenix. Hi, Jeff.
1: Hey, Seth. How's it going?
0: I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm looking for a new producer.
1: (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, 50% of the time I call in, I I request a buffer song.
0: Oh, and does it ever get done? Does it ever happen?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill, he's taking care of me, man.
0: Well, that only means one thing. That can only mean one thing, Jeff, in the world in which I know. It means you are requesting a song that I have already pre-selected as part of our bumper rotation.
1: Or Jeff's trying to get me in trouble. Or Jeff is trying to get
0: you a pink slip, which you are, you're you're at purple right now. You are moving so (laughs) fast to pink, you have no idea. I've well, already announced heard, publicly I'm looking for a new producer. What, Jeff?
1: I, I still haven't heard Mel, uh, Mel tell us uh, Rainbow Stew.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know if you're bumper worthy yet, Jeff.
1: <laughs> anyway, here you go. So, first of all, I want to commend Carrie Lake. Uh, I'll just tell you, six degrees of separation in a sense. I know that she has been going through tremendous pressure at Fox 10. For not being able to comment on certain things or the way that they've reported on certain things, it's unbelievable. I've called their station several times, and w- just an example, when they would not report on the Hunter Biden story, they tell me it was not verified, and I asked them, "Oh, but you did all these stories on the Steele dossier. Who verified that? You know?" And you just get. Did styling. they, Jeff? Is you that, that true? On- did
0: they not? Did they not report on the on the Hunter Biden story? Oh, absolutely not. And, and was not. that one of those stories she was uh, theoretically champ- champing at the bit to report on? I presume so.
1: Oh, I'm I'm sure there was tons of stories. I mean, you can hear it in her voice. When yeah, she gave her a little uh, uh, testimonial there. Yeah. that there was times when she was challenged. Her her values, her honesty was being challenged. Yeah, yeah, and. That's what's happening. In and America by the, and the way, by the way, the
0: important part of that sentence, it's not that her honesty was being challenged. It's that honesty was being challenged.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The honest truth. Right. Not her. Honesty, right. right. But right. the truth is right. being challenged. Right. So and that's the thing is that I wanted to comment on is that I don't know if you saw if you watched Tucker Carlson. But last night he had a doctor on and this doctor was talking about kids back in school and things like this and how um, suicides are more dangerous to kids than the coronavirus. And. And he actually said this to the doctor at the end. He said, I want to thank you for coming on the show and being as an honest and brave as you are because I know that will have repercussions. And I, I said to my wife, that's a more scary statement to me than what happened to Watergate.
0: Let's break it down. Break it down for a second, the Jeff. Fact that, the fact that, that to speak is honestly is more to, is going to be a danger to you. To speak honestly in this society, yes, in this day and exactly. age, is a danger to your profession. Is about the, the scariest thing. And you personally, and, yep, personally, you bet, you bet, you bet.
1: They're coming to your house. They're finding your address. They're they, these people are unhinged.
0: Well, you know, Tucker knows because this. Intimately himself, do you recall exactly about two years ago when the Antifa brutes stormed his house and put his wife in fear of her life?
1: I would wonder every I would want every liberal, every person, every leftist, every person to have a group, a mass group come to their yard and infiltrate their yard and pound on their doors and not know what those people's intentions were, right? And what and see what they would do.
0: It's a terrifying thing if you've ever had it happen to yeah, you. I don't suspect you have, but if you have, you know. Well, um, Beth, it's, I'll tell you something it, about it, It's about with, the most terrifying thing, and the kids are at home, too, by the way. The kids were exactly. at home. He wasn't. I, the wife and the kids were. Yeah,
1: Yeah. exactly. I worked in a prison at 22 years old in Texas on death row.
0: Okay, you, you, get, you get what fear is. Okay, yeah. I've
1: seen it yeah. from every angle now, and that's what enlightened my life. I don't believe anyone anymore. Hold, hold that, Jeff. Assumed. Jeff,
0: i got to take a quick break, probably with a song going into it that you requested. So can you hold and we'll come back? This is a big issue. Can you stay with me a little bit? <laughs> yes, yes. I'd love to talk about this because I want to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, no, it's prison. it's about as important as it gets. Uh, we will be right back. Uh 508 960 And here's the song Jeff requested. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. We're talking to Jeff about a few different things having to do with um, what what evidently is now a dangerous um, a dangerous commodity in this country. Truth. Tucker Carlson said to a guest last night, "Thank you for your courage in speaking the truth. I know it will come at a cost, professionally, perhaps even personally, uh, through you know personal safety issues." And we kind of we kind of just we kind of just gloss over this. We kind of just glide over this. We kind of let this statement sentiment wash over this, wash over us. Um, used to be the notion that the truth will set you free, whereas now the truth could end you up in some form of Coventry or prison, right, Jeff?
1: Well, exactly. Um, you know, I learned at a young age that what people there are. There are con artists, I told you I worked at a prison yeah, right. in Texas, Huntsville, Texas, I worked on death row. Uh-huh. And I did that for a very short time, but I learned that most people that are willing to lie to you are con artists. And most people can say anything they want, and people will believe it. But you have we are, we are now in an age where you are looking at people's words instead of their actions. And their words, we believe this because they're They're a great orator, or they can put it together good. And, I mean, now it's ridiculous. Even Biden can't even be an orator. But we do not challenge anything they do as their actions. It's only, oh, they said that, so that must be right and good. So believe that. But, see, truth, is there a journalist that was 15, 25 years ago that would accept the way journalism is now?
0: No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe a little longer the back than that. Maybe 40 years ago, but I don't think so. I mean, I think about some of the journalists I knew. I don't think we shared always the same politics, but I don't think they would put up with this. They're not around and they're not in the profession anymore.
1: Well, you know, you talk the other thing you talk about, and, and this is two-pronged thing, because also our, we? no one talks about, you know, and this goes back to your, what we were talking about, racism and things like this how it's now we don't understand where all this thing's coming from and how it's being so predominant and everything. Well, I also learned when I worked in the penal system that everything is run by race. And I'm fascinated that we have the Aryan Nation, which is the KKK. We have the Muslim Brotherhood and we have the Mexican Mafia. And once you get into prison, once you get into the jail system, they make you have to choose because that's your protection. But I'm fascinated that we don't have any stories nowadays. Where's the journalism? You can go on the Internet, which we thought a long time ago was going to be our, oh, we're going to expose the truth. Right. Well, it, we didn't it, Right. It, it became gonna...
0: a place where the first casualty too often was the <laughs> truth. Right, right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But you can go on there and you can look up KKK and you can find the chapters in Arizona and you can find a way to email them. I mean, it's it, they're not going to put their address on there and things like that, but you can find them. And I don't see anybody doing stories on that. I don't see anybody doxing the members or the people who are the Ku Klux Klan members, the Grand Dragons or the Muslim Brotherhood or anybody doxing, uh, what's his name, Louis Farrakhan because he hates Jewish people. It's amazing to me, Seth, the unbelievable veil people have in front of their eyes. And I don't exactly know if it's evil. I don't know if it's this media I don't know if it's been their train because they've been on the phone for 20 years and that's all they believe.
0: But well, what... I have a couple questions for you. One, I don't know if you can answer. Oh, yes, you, you probably can, and I probably can too. Is it not amazing to you that a bigot like Louis Farrakhan, and I don't just mean a bigot against Jews. This is a bigot against uh, oh, yeah. transgender he, he and homosexual. He, I mean, this I is a has... classic yeah, hater. Absolutely. Is it, a, is it of no interest to the world of cancel culture and everything else in big tech that he is freely, happily on Twitter with 350,000 followers and the former president of the United States cannot be? Is this not a moral scandal in and of itself?
1: And that's it, Seth. How do you, how do you, how do you reach the people that are defending this? How do you get through to them? There has to be – I believe there's going to have to be a traumatic event.
0: The other question I had for you, Jeff, is yep. speaking of – because I i don't know. Once upon a time, I was romantic about this sort of thing, and I, I, I believe in civilizational and human and interpersonal and social renewal – and one of the reasons I believed in it is because of the prison system in Texas, and I don't think it was Huntsville, but I don't remember the one it was off the top of my head. I'll think of it in a moment. I think it was called Project Interchange, but it was um, a program Chuck Colson had in the prisons uh, in Texas. Oh yeah, yeah, prison yeah, fellowship, what about. right? Pris- right. Prison fellowship, and and there were yep. some studies, particularly on this one in in Texas. He was he, he was running. Um, I, I don't think it was Huntsville. Uh, In any event, well,
1: Huntsville. I'll just say Huntsville is the corporate center for the prison system. I actually work thirty-five miles outside of Huntsville. Okay, but there's prisons all over Texas. Yeah, no, of course.
0: Uh, 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 Yes, of course. But what I learned from studying some of that um, uh, work of uh, prison fellowship and Chuck Colson's efforts. Were that you know people can in fact you know change their lives through 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 you know faith and and, and reawakenings and oh absolutely. and that yes, sort of thing. Say, so what I was gonna I what I well what I, the, the the specific I wanted to ask you was you said you know you go into prison in the prison system and then you choose your club, KKK, Aryan Nation, you name yeah. it, Muslim, whatever, and OI exactly right. How vibrant? And serious is the ability to choose something like prison fellowship.
1: Exactly. Well, and I left that out. There was actually four choices, and I tell people this all the time. The, th- the fourth choice was the church. But you had to make a commitment, and they had they would watch you. Because if you choose the church and you don't, you know— and I worked, like I said, I worked on death row, but I was also in. in I, near I, I remember Chuck
0: Colson saying, "It's the hardest of the choices." By the way, interesting. Exactly,
1: it's definitely the hardest yeah. because you don't have any. Most people that join the church, they're not going to choose violence to.
0: Protect well, that's them. right. That's right. That's right. It's also not the most popular. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So I saw several people. I mean, I can tell you tons of stories, but violence is prevalent. And then, um, but again, I'm going from 1980. This is 1983, okay? When sure. I was there, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that was definitely a choice, and I actually, I, I, I could see there was definitely people that made those choices, mm-hmm. and I could see, I saw a guy walk out of Death Row, yeah, because yeah, he, he had spent
0: so much time. He was a on different person. He, he wasn't the same person, he, right?
1: He he got a sentence commuted yep. because he had been in a right. a, a, a passion crime right. with right. his, right. and then. And he walked out, but he was one of the, one of the very few steps. No, I, I know I it saw. can
0: happen. I, I, but I, I mean, I th- from what I can see, it can happen. People can change. They can become different people. It's and not easy. It's not snap people, of the finger. Huh? Those, yeah.
1: Most people in those circumstances are very uneducated. Yep. And they have been abused. Yep. Yep. And it's very very sad yep. to see.
0: Yep. Yep. Give me better churches, better schools. Better families, Jeff, and I'll give you back 90% of the social pathologies in this country. I will. It's that easy. God bless you, sir. Thank you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature. I take it every single day, and I attribute, um, gosh, the wellness I've had for the past year and some months since I've been taking it exclusively to it i get colds often but not since taking balance of nature nothing worse than a cold certainly just like that guy on tv says you get tens of thousands of vital nutrients made from the most effective stuff in the world fruits and veggies apples garlic cayenne pepper spinach pineapple papaya they put it they reduce the uh, nutrients in these uh, fruits and veggies into vegetarian capsules. If you don't like swallowing the capsules, they're made deliberately to easily uncap and sprinkle into a drink or to some food. If uh, boosted immunity is the name of the game right now, and it is, you want a balance of nature. You get 10 servings of fruits and vegetables from a single daily dose. As I say, I take it every day, and it's the first thing I pack when I travel. I don't want to go a day without it. They have a great special 35% off and free shipping of any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies, give them a call at 800 246 or go to balanceofnature.com. Make sure in both cases to use discount code BALANCE. Good and good for you. Good for you because of the nutrients. Good because you're supporting someone who supports us. I was thinking about um, Jeff, right? The previous caller, was it Jeff? It was Jeff, right? Jeff and talking about actions and speeches, And I keep coming back to that William Butler Yeats line of the best lacking all conviction while the worst are full of passionate intensity. And you think – and you think – you think of Andrew Cuomo, passionate intensity. And you think about what it is he did with all that intensity. Killed old people and abused women. Allegedly. I guess I have to say that. I don't think he'd have given the press conference he gave today if there was nothing to it. Our friend Jim Trusty was on TV saying, I have no idea why he's talking anymore. His lawyers told him not to. He shouldn't. He's made a case against himself, a legal case, if they ever want to sue him, if it's within the statute of limitations. Title Seven. Passionate intensity while the best lack all conviction. Well, I think that's probably a stretch about the best lacking all conviction, but maybe they lack all media coverage or at least good media coverage. You think of someone like Ron DeSantis and what he's been able to do, Christy Noem. They get mocked, and yet their states are in far better shape. You know what else is going to be in better shape in those states too? Less social destruction. I guarantee it when they break this stuff out and there's always a lag on these things it's not an unfortunate thing in this business business i know pretty well it's an unfortunate uh lag in this business that um the statistics of things like substance abuse and suicide and all that all that all, all of the social pathologies you associate with with um the kinds of things I talked about in my monologue. It takes a while to suss out those exact data and to um, disaggregate it. But I'm going to tell you right now, I bet South Dakota and Florida will fare better on it than New York and California. I just bet they will. Just as I bet that states that our softer, on legalized use of recreational marijuana will have lower NAEP scores, National Assessment of Educational Progress scores, than don't. Now, I have a listener named Don, who's a great contributor to, to this show in ways large and small, political and musical. And he wants me to play windy by the association dare we do that once coming in with it once okay bill coming in in the next segment windy by the association once it's not bumper worthy not by a long shot this is what happens this is how it starts we'll be right back All right, so that's fine. We're not going to do Windy, the association. No, we don't need it. We don't need it. That's better. Don is a trumpet player, and we gave him some Bud Brisbois there. That should keep him tied it over. Will you go out with one song? Can I do a request? Rascal Flats, God Bless the Broken Road, or it might just be called The Broken Road. It's a beautiful song. Do you know it? Gorgeous song. Do you mind going out with it in this segment? Rob is in Surprise. Hello, Rob well you know seth I, uh, we're
2: we're getting a lot of high winds here, so I was hoping for the association to no wendy because, yeah, well, it's not a bad song it is you know, <laughs> I know that but I'm I had to it. learn
0: it in the fifth grade, and do you want to know something that was <laughs> no fourth grade? do you know what was terrible about it what I thought it was wendy w e n d y no, that was a Beach Boys song, if I, I know, but I was singing, who's <laughs> looking out from... Everyone knows yeah. it's Wendy. Wendy, who's named well, Wendy? Everyone knows it's Wendy. Yeah, well, I know that now, windy. but in the fourth grade, <laughs> Mrs. Peterson, music teacher, I thought it was Wendy. <laughs>
2: you're so funny. Well, and I'm deaf or something. Well, no, you're you're very not deaf. Um, But anyway, when I called yesterday, and I had a couple things to talk about, but I can't remember what they were. But one of the things I do remember was um, we were talking about liberalism uh, versus leftism. Yeah, yeah, versus leftism. And and I mentioned I was a 19th century liberal, which had to do with, back then, and again, this was like industrial revolution uh, times where... You know, people that were working in the factories weren't very – well, they weren't treated very well. But back then, too, you know, there were liberal ideals, and and those ideals were very much like the way we are now. Let's name them. Um, Let's name them. Well, let's talk about freedom of speech.
0: It starts there. An open society that can't – yes, exactly right. Freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom freedom of conscience. It came with the Enlightenment. Right, right. Yeah, and, and freedom of religion. Freedom of religion. Uh, freedom of yeah, conscience. They, they talk about, you know, separation of church. Freedom and of commerce. Say,
2: freedom of The commerce, right to earn a living.
0: They, they, yeah, opposition to slavery and indentured be, servitude.
2: Absolutely. And, and see, that's why it's important to know if somebody says they're a liberal, we need to know where they're coming from because, you know, classical liberalism is different from, um, I guess we call it now, what, socialism? I would call liberalism. it leftism.
0: I, you know, I'll tell you, the, yeah. the. I don't have a particularly better phrase for it other than human rights, but human rights yeah. will suffice. I, because more than anything, that's what I think of when I think of 19th century or 18th century liberalism. I think of human well, rights, yeah. the respect of the human being, um, yeah. which obviously gets you to notions that we have an equality which allows us not only everyone an equal claim to speech and conscience but equally to uh, life undisturbed freedom from violence freedom from fear uh, you know yeah. i i have i have always been an advocate for human rights as long as i can remember i still am and i think the well, left me too. you you too of course you have you fought for them <laughs> literally fought for them and I – I, uh, in a way that I, I, I was not privileged to, uh, uh, Rob. And I will tell you that um, the left gave up on that a long time ago. I give you China. Yeah.
2: Well, and again, I think, you know, the difference between liberalism back then and there were different names. I give
0: you the you know? Palestinian Authority and I give you China.
2: Yeah. And I'll, I'll throw – uh, I'll call you and raise you with same-sex marriage. Yep. Reproductive rights. Yep. Uh, civil rights, yep. environmental justice, yep. social justice, yep. and and an activist government. Right. that believes it cares in, about
0: things, not people.
2: Yeah, and and again, I think a lot of it has to do with um, you know government intervention in things like minimum wage, health care, or health insurance. Actually, yep. Um, and and again, it has to do with promoting the general welfare, and that's one of the things I think that. People need to understand about well what promotes the general welfare, and I think that's one of the one of the most important distinctions. You could between, do worse
0: than life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as your guidepost exactly. You could do worse oh, than exactly. that, right?
2: Yeah, and I think again, the the liberalism of today wants to regulate the economy. They want to expand a bunch of rights that aren't enumerated in the Constitution, and You know, it's just – it's actually a very good discussion item for an entire show at some point, I think. Yeah, maybe
0: maybe Friday. Maybe Friday.
2: Yeah. Okay. But I think, you know, I think that's something worth pondering. We'll have 19th century
0: liberalism Friday. Well, there you
2: go. And I think that's something that's worth talking about. It is. Because when when people say liberal versus left versus conservative, they need to know and understand what specific – Definition I think you're using. right. I think you're right. Yeah.
0: We have done a lot on defining conservatism. I think it's time to define liberalism. Let's do that Friday. I
2: think so, too. Let's do from it. From a historic We'll sense. do it. Yeah, from we'll do,
0: a do it. standpoint. Okay. All right. I'm with you, man. Bill, how much time do I have left in this segment? Two minutes? Rob, so yeah, thanks for doing that. Maybe call in Friday and help us out. Maybe I'll put it in the monologue, okay? And then you can help I'll us out. I'll be happy to. That bet. would be great. That would be great. But it is about human rights, and it's the most important yeah. phrase there is human. You know, I was talking about Darfur yesterday. What? Whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to that issue of Darfur? There were a lot of great people involved in it from Hollywood, and it was one I could not fault them for being involved in. You often mock a lot. I often will mock. Mock's the wrong word. I will criticize some of these Hollywood busybodies for not knowing what they're talking about. But sometimes, you know, they seize on a nut, they get right. They got Darfur right, and then they gave up on it. You know why I think they gave up on it? I think they gave up on it because they realized that to be in support of human rights in Darfur mean you meant, meant you had to take a position against the Arab world and against China, which was giving the John Chawid hind helicopters. All right. We'll be right back. We had a fun day today, didn't we? Hopefully uh, did some smart stuff, too. Um, I wanted to close with the journalist's creed in honor of and in tribute to Carrie Lake. I don't have enough time for it. It's worth its own own segment. So I'll close with something else I spoke about earlier in the day with Amity Schlaes, Calvin Coolidge scholar, my favorite speech of his, which was on the 150th anniversary of the... um, Declaration of Independence, and I'll pay it in tribute to the National Anthem. This is National Anthem Day. I did a monologue on it yesterday, so I don't think I needed to do much on it today, but it's National Anthem Day. We are too prone to overlook a conclusion, Coolidge said. Governments do not make ideals, but ideals make governments. Governments. This is both historically and logically true. Of course, the government can help to sustain ideals and can create institutions through which they can be the better observed, but their source by their very nature is in the people. The people have to bear their own responsibilities. There is no method by which that burden can be shifted to the government. It is not the enactment but the observance of laws that creates the character of a nation. If you want to know where Seinfeld got that bit – about a reservation. It's the holding of the reservation, not just saying you have a reservation. He got it from Calvin Coolidge. It is not the enactment, but the observance of laws that creates the character of a nation. You Think we're observing them now? It's the character of our nation in strong shape. You want to do yourself something fun and interesting and will make you a smarter and better person? Go read Calvin Coolidge's July 5th, 1926 speech on the 150th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. You'll be glad you did. You're not getting that on other AM radio talk stations, I'll tell you that. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. <laughs> Class dismissed.